We're live from the Octune Community Studios, hour number three of the show, just looking through some of the ridiculousness of Tom Brady's career stats, how it compares to everybody else. Oh, this is the Travis Kelsey song now. Um, this right. is actually Jay Feely's walk-off right here, of course. Okay. Kick it! Jay Feely is joining us right now <laughs> on the Arizona Sports Line. Jay, how's it going? Kelsey can't feel my song. We had it first, bro. <laughs> That's right, you did, Jay. How you doing, my brother? I am doing excellent. The uh, football season for me is over, and I am happy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a grind. Uh, Jay, all right, you uh, you obviously have known Tom Brady for a while. You have seen his career firsthand. Um, I don't even know where to start with, with everything the guy accomplished, but when you look at the, the 23 years as a pro, not to mention his time at Michigan, what's the first thing that pops out to you? Humility. Uh, Wolf, I think you'll like this story, but what I think made Tom Brady great uh, and the greatest of all time Obviously, he had skill. He had work, work ethic and desire. He kept a chip on his shoulder, you know, continued to study and make himself better. But the humility he had to allow Bill Belichick to be very critical of him in team meetings, to allow him to go after Tom and hold him accountable. When you get in a lot of locker rooms, most head coaches kind of coddle the quarterbacks and they're careful with what they say and how they criticize them because they know that their success depends uh, that guy being his best. And so they want to be positive with him. They want to reinforce him. They want to build him up in front of the team. Bill Belichick was the opposite with Tom Brady. And I think he knew Tom could take it, and Tom did take it. And he allowed him to be hypercritical of him in team meetings. And then the impact that had on the rest of the team was to create a standard that everyone else knew they had to live up to. Because if Bill Belichick is going to talk to Tom Brady like that, and every new guy who came in was shocked. That was the first thing that you would hear them talk about. How shocked they were with how Bill Belichick talked to Tom Brady in team meetings. And I think that humility to allow your head coach to do that despite you know, multiple Super Bowls early in your career, three of your first four years starting, and you know who he could be and the diva he could have been, I think that sets a standard for that franchise to be the, the dynamic and dominating franchise that they were. Jay, I, I have never heard anybody put it like that. Seriously, have not. Because it brings back so many memories. He was trying to do the same thing to Bernie Kosar when sure. I was there in Cleveland. Bill was trying to do the same thing, and Bernie... Bernie couldn't handle that. He bristled. He bristled. And that is an amazing, oh, man, that makes everything. That just makes so much sense that Tom Brady had not only the humility, but the strength to endure that, Mm -hmm. the toughness to endure that and and absorb that kind of uh, criticism. And guess what? For 20 years. For 20 years. (laughs) And guess what, Jay? That was the Belichick army, wasn't it? That it, it yes. started with Tom Brady, and then they, they just knew if Tom Brady can do it, I can do it too. That's right. That's wow. right. And That's I think amazing. it just set the standard for success there. That's huge. Uh, talking to Jay Feely, Jay, as far as Brady, um, 
retiring now. You know, he wasn't bad last year. He wasn't Tom Brady. Nobody really is. He wasn't. He wasn't Tom Brady. But I mean, do you think it was just a matter of okay, he came back, he did the one more year, the team was okay, they weren't amazing, and that's just not his standard. And he he saw a chance to maybe not leave on top, but certainly not in a way where he was like going out on the bottom either. He told me personally one time late in his career, we were talking about retirement, and he said. I still love the game. As long as my body allows me to continue to play and love the game, it's easy for me now because I know what all the defensive coordinators are going to do. I've seen everything, and so it makes it so much easier. So mentally, I know what to do. And as long as my body allows me to keep playing the game and loving the game, I want to keep playing. When I watched him play this year, I didn't see a guy who was loving the game. I know. You know, I think everything that happened this year with his family – and the toughness with that season with the team, he lost 15 pounds. It, it just looked like a guy who was miserable out there, who was not happy. And I think in the end, that's probably why he made that decision. Like, I don't love it anymore. I've accomplished everything I could ever have dreamed and probably way more so. So why continue to do it now? And it's time to walk away. So, Jay, you think he's done? You, you, there's, there's no, yeah, you I'm not doing these interviews again, bro. That's it. Like, if he comes back a third time, we're done doing these interviews. But it is, it's, it's right down to the same day, and I know you know that, Jay. You know, I mean, I know. So he should have done it tomorrow on Groundhog Day. I, I know. <laughs> Um, so you, but Jay, you do. You, you, you know, I'm gonna. You think he's done, Jay? <laughs> I think so. I, I don't. I don't think. You know. I mean. I, I think he's a guy that. You know. I, I don't want to ruin my legacy by coming back again. You know. And you kind of think of. You know. Brett Favre towards the end. They're not in the same category. But Brett kind of did that. You know. Multiple times. You're just like, come on. Like. And I, and I just think that this this is the time for him. And, and you look at his age, and you know that the work ethic that it takes to not only get ready to play a football season, but to prepare his body, to maintain his body throughout the year, hours and hours a day with his trainer. That's a grueling grind in and of itself. And then add the grind that that football is, the physical toll that that takes on your body. I mean, I heard guys talking about it yesterday, guys that are, you know, 15 years younger than Tom Brady talking about the physical grind that the season took on their body. Trent Williams with the 49ers, you know, and, and here's a guy who's in his mid-40s. Like, well, I know how hard it is to get up every morning myself and, yeah. and how much my, my body aches. I yes. can't imagine you know, how he feels in the morning getting up. Yeah, that's because he used to kick the ball off and then go cover the kick and run down the field and try to make a tackle, Jay. <laughs> uh, I certainly never got hit by those defensive ends over and over and over again, though. <laughs> Talking to Jay Feely, Jay, obviously nobody's going to be able to match Tom Brady's accomplishments, but when you look around the league now, do you see any quarterbacks who approach the game the same way he did? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You know, and a guy who's been to five AFC championships, who's at his third Super Bowl, and, you know, barely in his mid-20s. You know, I mean, it's just amazing what he's accomplished already. And when you – I go back to my first game. I did Patrick Mahomes' first start when he started the last game of the season against the Broncos, when Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. And in that production meeting, Andy Reid told me that Patrick Mahomes had a photographic memory and he could not believe how much he could retain. And you could call a play and three months later, he'd remember that play and remember exactly what everyone was doing. And when you couple that with the physical gifts that he has, because I don't know if anybody has ever had the physical gifts 
that Patrick Mahomes has when you talk about throwing the ball off schedule, the ability to run, make plays, the creativity, the joy he plays with. Um, when I look at Patrick Mahomes, I mean, even this weekend during the game, I was blown away at three or four of the throws that he made because I knew what his ankle, what he was going through with his ankle. And that desire to fight through pain, to play, that, that's Brady-esque. And, and he's the guy that I look at to be the next one. Plus, he's accomplished so much already at a young age like Tom did. You're really unfair right here. Don't have a ton of time, but I have to ask you, uh, Sean Payton going to be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos in the Cardinals search. Any thoughts on this? Well, I was hoping he'd be the Cardinals head coach. I'll, I'll be real yeah. honest with you. I thought he was the perfect fit for Kyler Murray and this offense and this team and, and the kind of personality they needed. They, they gave up a lot to give him, and that's probably to get him. And that's probably you know the the one thing that you don't like giving up all those picks. Um, you know, but there's there's some guys. You know, they got Lou Anaruma coming in. I think the world of Lou. I think he could be an excellent head coach. He's he's as good as it gets when it comes to defensive coaches in the NFL right now and scheme and shutting down the best quarterback. So there's certainly some guys out there that, that are very good, that they can still go get a, a great uh, head coach. Jay Feely, thanks so much for the time, man. Thank enjoy you, enjoy your season being over. I will, guys. I'll see you on the golf course. Thank right. you, brother. That's good. That's uh, Jay Feely joining us right there. I mean, that guy has known Brady since man. college. Yeah, yeah, Michigan. There you go. It was interesting they what he said. Michigan men. About, uh, about Brady telling him what it would take for him to eventually retire at some point. And then you kind of, when you when you look at it through the lens that Jay Feely just put out there, you, you could see it this year. Yes, you, you could. could. Uh, all right, when we come back, Sean Payton is headed to Denver, of course. So how do you feel about that? We're going to be joined by two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks. Maximum Football starts next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back to the show. Max Stark's going to join us in studio here momentarily, but uh, but Wolf, I think we can just kind of go into the general reaction here of the Sean Payton stuff. The the one thing that keeps coming up to me, and it, it was brought up earlier. Um, we're not going to know exactly why it was Denver over the Cardinals. And, and, you know, people are like, oh, obviously it was going to be Denver over the Cardinals. One's a great organization. It's like, okay, you, you could say that. I mean, Denver's been burning through coaches the last five, six years like nobody else in the league. Uh, you could also, though, I mean, Denver is a good organization. I mean, it might, maybe it is that. Maybe he wanted to live in Denver. Maybe he likes that situation. Maybe the Cardinals didn't want to give up the, the draft capital that Denver did, which, by the way, I don't necessarily think is wrong. I would have done done it again with the understanding that Denver's first is not the Cardinals first those yeah, are equal right uh, but but there's some logic to we're trying to rebuild we want all our picks um, but the one thing I don't want it to be is that Sean Payton looked and was like I don't think I can fix Kyler Murray I can fix <laughs> Russell Wilson because that would and I don't think that's it run but that would be where's where's my button here Sue? run right if that is yeah, it there you go that's don't, don't panic, no, Logan. Panic, panic. panic at that point, actually. Okay. By the way, this went off before when you were doing a live read. Really? And I had to throw it in this container and shut it and like pin it under the desk. So. Well, I just blew right through it, though. Yeah. My powers of observation, once again, <laughs> staggering. Listen, I, I've been on the teeter-totter in regard to Sean Payton. I, I thought he was a guy. Then I didn't think he was a guy. Then I thought he was a guy again after the interview. And then I didn't think he was a guy. And now he isn't the guy. <laughs> All right. So now you know 
what he is. Yeah, I, not the guy. So I am disappointed because I thought that he would have the best odds of actually um, reaching Kyler Murray and teaching Kyler Murray what he needs to learn to take that next step in the NFL and build an offense around that. But just because I thought that base and earnings doesn't make it true. I still believe there are coaches out there that can get this offense right. The question is, who are they? There's no guarantee that Sean Payton would be the guy. I just thought his odds were the best. Well, here's what's still out there, just to sort of reset it, okay? And, and I have a qu- Actually, let's go in this direction for a second first, Wolf. Are you concerned at all that every time the Cardinals are hiring a coach, they're one of the last teams to hire the coach? Because to me, I'm, I'm all for the due diligence, Yeah. but it does feel like, and I know I said this earlier, and I don't mean this is any disrespect to the guys out there. There's just a lot of unproven's. It feels like now they are sifting through the, the names that the other teams didn't want. Right. That, I mean, that's Same that's thing happened with like. B.A. And, and it worked. That up er- yeah, it worked. You brought yeah. that up earlier. Same thing. B.A. was a late hire as well, and everyone was kind of saying the same thing. Isn't Cliff kind of a later hire, too? I'm... I- I don't, I don't know. I, Cliff or Wilkes, one of those two was a later hire. Now, obviously, like you said, B.A. was the last one in that uh, yeah. coaching cycle, and it worked out great. Right. <laughs> so maybe there's a B.A. out there, but you just, you're not going to know it now until the season starts. You're not yeah. going to know what to think. When you think about it right now, um, you're sitting here as the Arizona Cardinals. Why wouldn't you wait until after the Super Bowl at this point in time? Well, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for yeah. the Eagles, how interesting is that conversation? So the names out there that they have talked to or are scheduled to talk to that are still available, Mike Kafka, Lou Anarumo, Brian Callahan, Brian Flores, Giro Evero, Aaron Glenn, Vance Joseph. The the name that you and I are like, I'm not saying this is who they should hire. I don't want them to hire a young, unproven offensive mind because you just did that with Cliff. And, I, you know, there was some, there was some upside there. I mean, the two years yeah. ago with Cliff was good. They won 11 games. Uh, yeah. But... Again, the pushback is always, well, you know, an offensive coordinator for the Giants, a lot more experienced than Cliff was when they hired him. Not than Cliff was when they fired him. Cliff yes. was four years as an NFL head coach. I would like a proven commodity here. But the the name, yeah, Shane Steichen is... I, I'm not saying I would hire him. I'm not saying that. But, man, do I want to talk to him because it, of that offense the Philadelphia Eagles run. Guess what? That looks like the Arizona Cardinals offense. Yeah. They use a ton of the same schemes. I saw that up close and personal when the Cardinals played the Eagles. Think how well the Cardinals played the Eagles as well. I had a chance to win that game. And wow, that feels like a hundred years ago. I know people right, um, but I the same genuinely kind of forgot up. that was this season. So think about it, Shane Steichen. Would you like to sit down and say, "Wow, wow, I see what you were doing there with Jalen." Yeah, uh, boy, you guys ran a lot of the same schemes. <laughs> what do you think of Kyler when you yeah. when you just want to have the conversation? Any similarities between uh, yeah. Jalen and Kyler? What do you see as the similarities? Yeah, here's the absolutely. One, here's the risk of that, though, Basin audience. As I say that. Some of these other guys that you've already interviewed may say, you know what, I'm out of this. I, I'm, I, I'm out of this. Would y- they? You are, well, yeah. And, and I'll tell you why. Where are they going? Because their agents are banging away on the phones for them. Banging away. <laughs> hey, Michael, yeah, you know, it's, uh, what do you think of Everall? Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, at some point in time, you want to say, I pulled myself out of that search. Yeah. Not them. They didn't pass over it. I pulled myself out. A lot of guys, that makes them feel good. Now, it may be really hollow <laughs> saying that, but... 
a lot of a lot of those guys have pride, and it's it saves face. I, I hate how long this has dragged on. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I mean, the whole time I was saying I think you need to talk to Sean Payton, and they did, and that wasn't that long ago. Although now, I mean, by tomorrow it'll have been a week ago. Like I, I would have liked a decision on Friday or Saturday, which is kind of when everybody was assuming it was going to happen. But I do think if if you really wanted to talk to Shane Steichen and you were worried that one of these guys was going to leave, you could you could say, look. You're probably you're right there. It's we just want to talk to one more guy because there's no other teams hiring a coach except the Colts, and who knows what that team's going to do. I don't think Vance Joseph's going anywhere. Obviously, he's kind of stuck in this now. Uh, Evero, I know you were just throwing out a name out there, but <laughs> does he even have a job in Denver anymore? And he did a really good job, but but Sean Payton's the head coach now. Uh, so I mean, even a guy like maybe Brian Flores, you might risk losing him. The 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 missing piece here, the variable that we don't know is, are they still interviewing guys because they want to hear from all of them and they don't feel a sense of urgency now? Or have they not found a guy they really like? Right. Yet? That would be the question. And I just know that I would want to at this point in time, unless you've got a Brian Flores or you've got some other guys that you're interested in that are saying, yeah, I'm getting ready to bolt on this. I really am. This is this is taking way too long. You're going to talk to the Shane Steichen? Yeah, I want to talk to him. I want, not because I'm going to hire him. I want to talk to him to just get his thoughts on Kyler Murray and this offense and what we need to do to take the next step with this offense. But you may not have that luxury. Because you got some guys, I promise you, that are talking about this right now in regard to whether they're going to bail. Why? Well, I, I haven't heard this yet, and maybe it just doesn't make any sense. But if you're not going to bring Brian Flores in as the head coach, and maybe they will, was there ever any talk of, hey, you want to be our defensive coordinator? Because he's not technically Pittsburgh's defensive coordinator. Like He's been taking interviews with what Minnesota and Atlanta as yeah. their defensive coordinator. Right. If you didn't hire him as your head coach, if you were like, hey, we're going to go with, I mean, I probably have to be an offensive mind, but if you just decided, hey, let's say they they waited around for Shane Steichen and then that was their guy, could you go to Flores and be like, hey, it's an upgrade from where you are. I mean, you're not working for Mike Tomlin, but do you want to be a part of something we're building here? Yeah. Um, I think the answer would be no on yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like it would be because, too. Because, you know, with Pittsburgh, where he is right now, I don't think um, he would take that job. He's, he's sitting in a catbird seat. Well, I was kind of right surprised now, he interviewed for Atlanta and Minnesota, to be honest. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, you're talking about it as a D.C. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think he's in a better position, unless he's going to be a head coach. I don't think there's anything wrong with him taking interviews. If I were his agent, I'd be saying the exact same thing to him. I'd be telling him, you need to interview as much as you possibly can. you got to get out there right now. It's not a it's not an Eric Bieniemy situation yet. <laughs> it's not. Where you, somehow interviews Brian are working Flores against you. Brian Flores has to get out there once again into the interview circle. The enemy's still out there, too. I mean, you can't talk to him for two weeks. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the Super Bowl is set. We'll get into that. We haven't barely even talked about the Super Bowl yet, Wolf. It's uh, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Well, it's funny how it's sort of been lost in the shuffle of all this. Hey, look, Kurt Warner's on TV. You know, he's talking about quarterbacks. Graybeard. I hope he is. What's up, Graybeard? Um, it's funny how we've we've gotten to this point now, and obviously the Super Bowl's going to be here, but with all the Sean Payton stuff going on and all the Cardinals uh, coaching search going on and the fact that uh, the Colts still don't have a coach, like it's, it's almost been secondary this week, which is why I still never have understood why the NFL waits two weeks to actually play the Super Bowl out. Yeah. And I let me just say, I'm happy to see that Greybeard isn't dying his beard. Well done. <laughs> well done, Kurt. And not only that, he's not dying his hair either, Pauly. <laughs> wow, just a shot at Calvisi out of nowhere. Look at that. Well, you know what? It happens from time to time. Why don't you play that beautiful BAM! Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Starks. Maximum Maximum brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Matt Starks. Max Starks is here. Max, what's going on, buddy? I'm glad to be here, guys. Yeah. I am very ecstatic and looking forward to what's left of Maximum Football. (laughs) (laughs) What's traffic out there? Pretty bad? Brutal? Well, okay. So I did not account for... The the construction. Oh, that's, that's on way sh- too. Well, that's on shade between like Tatum and like Fifty Sixth. Yeah. So that was backed up, <laughs> and then of course there's a city bus there. You know, no, nothing against the city bus, but does not move fast. Doesn't. And then my I had to take my dog to the vet this morning early. Oh so, wow. So yeah. So he was okay. Yeah. He, yeah. He pulled a muscle in his back. Okay. How do you know he pulled the muscle on his? He back? told him. I know. I literally had to have the doctor. I had oh. to watch the physical evaluation. You know, he's like, "What did he do yesterday?" Well, he ran at the dog park for like half an hour. He's oh. like, "Your dog needs to stretch." I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> dogs don't stretch. Dogs stretch if they want to stretch. You're not telling a dog to stretch." So, so yeah. So my dog apparently needs to stretch before he goes and plays. Oh with my other goodness. Dogs. <laughs> brutal. They call that a lower body injury in hockey. Yes, yeah, that is true. Um, the Super Bowl is obviously set, so let's just let's start there. Philadelphia. We have a football game? We do. Yeah. Really? It's not for a while, but oh, it's going to be here. <laughs> so. you, you mean this weekend, the flag football game in Vegas doesn't count? It, it doesn't. Uh, that's the real Super Bowl. What um, What did you make of the games? I, I mean, the Philadelphia-San Francisco game really wasn't a game, but what did you make of Kansas City-Cincinnati on Sunday? Uh, man. Hell of a game. Yeah. I mean, it was one. I was expecting it to come down to a very tight score. It's just, I thought it was going to be an overtime. And I honestly, in my heart, thought it was going to be the Bengals that kicked a field goal again yeah. uh, to dash the hopes of the Kansas City Chiefs. But unfortunately, then insert Joseph Asai, and no. So, yeah. yeah. So my father rolled over in his grave. Yeah. You didn't hate to see the Cincinnati Bengals go up in flames, right? Yeah, I mean, but but see, here's the thing. Like, like, like Cincinnati's that one team that yeah. I have that sentimental attachment because of my father yeah, playing. You don't usually that's talk bad right. about them. So, that's, that's, so right. that's the yeah. one team where I take a little bit of exception, except for when I'm playing them. Yeah, then then right. I absolutely hate them. They're the Bungles, <laughs> Cincinnati, um, <laughs> Sweet Meat Sauce Capital of the world. You know, I have all these other names. Have the names them. lined up. Have the names lined up, and it's only during that week. But in 
any yeah. other week, I'm usually I'm usually more reserved as far as my job. Now, I'll, I'll be objective when it comes to describing what they're doing, but I do like members of their squad and how they play football. Yeah, you right. know, I like I enjoy watching Joe Mixon play, except for against us. Joe Burrow, I've watched him since college, so I, I, I like him as an SEC kid. Um, you know, Jamar Chase as well. Like I, I like guys. DJ Reader when he came over. Like there are certain guys where I'm like, okay, I enjoy that watching that player because I know what they're doing. Um, but I mean, but Kansas City, you know, to see Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes with their injuries and Pat really fight through it, yeah, like that was that, that was, was awesome cool. to see because I, I love Pat Mahomes as a player. I mean, yes. I, don't, I, I I find it very hard to find somebody that does not like watching Patrick Mahomes. Haven't found anybody play yeah. because it is it's the best. I mean, it, it's what it's the new version of what you're going to get from what you if you like Tom Brady, right? Except for he has a more palatable personality uh, versus Tom's personality. <laughs> so. Oh, he yeah. is, man. He, what a, he is just, he's got everything you want in a human being playing the quarterback position in the yeah. National Football League. It's yes. not even close. Having said that, the NFC, just how, can you put it into words how disappointing the NFC game was? Uh, it was what I expected. You <laughs> really? couldn't be that bad? What? I mean, first of all, rookie quarterbacks, 0-4, going into the yeah. Yeah. going into championship right? games. Right? But we never really got to see Brock Purdy because he got knocked out. Well, because he, he was four for four, he was he was he got okay. Knocked he, got, out. he got knocked out. Philadelphia yes. has been doing that all season. I watched the game, Max. <laughs> but I mean, for Why? me, I I, I will they have never four know. guys with ten plus sacks. That's never been done in the NFL history. Four guys on that Philadelphia defensive line that have ten sacks. Now, I know one of them is is a pressure point for us. Okay. Hassan yes. Reddick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because first he of all, he was since, the difference in the game. Since he was drafted, he was. what have I, what have I said? What position do you need to play? He played it. You said edge you were pretty all consistent. the time. Hey, look, edge rusher, don't edge. drop him back. Yes. Do not drop him back. Right. Let him go forward. Stop making him go backwards. Yes. And that's what he was. Mr. Perfect. And then, of course, he went back to that position at Hassan Reddick, inside linebacker, Temple. Hassan Reddick is Reuben Foster without the SEC, diluted drug tests, and the altercation with a hospital worker at the Combine. Although he played on the edge at Temple, Reddick's real value will be playing the weak side inside linebacker position at the next level. He's explosive and decisive, but will have to learn how to take on blocks in space. His instincts will have to develop as he learns to play in Side. This kid loves to play the game and could develop into a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. NFL comp, Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier. Well, that didn't age well. Yeah, who voiced that one? <laughs> who wrote that? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm being serious. Who yeah. wrote that? I don't know. It was not you, apparently. No. Didn't sound like it. Yeah. Well, that was the scouting report on Hassan Reddick. Yeah. He's coming out. That scout's no longer scouting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, but I but I think because you also think too, it was interesting how the 49ers are trying to actually deal with Hassan Reddick with some of the tight end protection. 
exits as well. Well, I mean, you, you needed to. Um, and I think that when you have any good pass rusher, right, you're trying to figure Because on the opposite side, right, that's what the worry was going to be with Nick Bosa. Now, Nick Bosa takes his injury, and then that kind of changes the complexion on how they rush. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you have elite pass rushers, you have to use chip protection. You have to use body presence. You have to funnel those guys to the lineman and make it as easy as possible. Don't give them a two-way go. And if you can't do that on your own, if you can't facilitate that, then you've got you've to gotta replicate it somehow. And that's when tight ends releasing to the outside, forcing the guy not to yeah. go wide, um, being able to have hand presence and then go, or tight end delays, or you have an inside release of the back to sure. make sure he doesn't go inside. Like, But you saw it. I, they, they tried to block him. Yeah. George Kittle was one of the guys coming across, and he just split him, went upfield yeah. immediately. Yeah. Now, George Kittle, I feel really, really good yeah. about George Kittle. Yeah. But he, there was one other time, he just ran right around the other guy. Yeah. They, they tried twice to block him with tight ends, and it didn't work. I do, but, you know, and, and my thing is, I get as a changeup, right? You're trying to, yes. you're trying to influence yes. block. It's more influence blocking than anything else. But, you know, you can't, you can't leave great guys on tight ends. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have that conversation of why are you leaving insert name here? Robert Quinn when he was at his prime, right? Why would you ever when he was with the Rams? Why would you ever leave Robert Quinn with a tight end? I don't I don't care if that tight end is good, bad or indifferent. Put a tackle on him. Put a guy who who does this for a living, not a part-time guy. Yeah. You know, if you got if you got a, had 16 sacks. Yeah. Come on, man. And he wasn't the first. He wasn't the first. That wasn't the first team that decided. Hey, we want to block him with a tight end. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> should right. be the last. You yeah. think after what we it, saw? But um, but no. I mean, and and that game, you know, you knew what Frisco was going into this game. They were a physical running team and run blocking team, and you wondered and test wanted to test what the secondary could do. That's what you thought. And then you thought, Mark Birdie, all you have to do is manage the game. If you don't have to throw the ball more than five yards down the field, you'll be okay. Mm. But if you get into third and long situations, that's when the rookiness comes out. But, of course, he got knocked out before we could see the rookiness, <laughs> and then we dealt with Josh Johnson. And then we got him back in the game. No, and we dealt with UCL. Without a quarterback. We watched the team play without a quarterback. Yes. <laughs> Tommy John surgery. Uh, yeah, so so yeah. It, it's sad for him. But I mean, but at the end of the day, they they, they got very far with a third string quarterback. Yeah, Think about that with a third string quarterback. Amazing. As far as you got, um, you know, the luck was going to run out at some point. Whether whether it was at the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, uh, I couldn't have I couldn't have in a good conscience picked the San Francisco 49ers to win it. Mm. All right, we come back. Tom Brady is retiring from the NFL again. Is he the greatest competitor of all time? We're going to ask Max Starr. He's going to stick around for maximum <laughs> football. Max. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. With Wolf and Luke, brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Hi, welcome back to the show. It's Wolf and Luke on a Wednesday afternoon. Max Starks in studio for some maximum football. And I'll just go ahead and play the Tom Brady video. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring. We're good. 
I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so uh, I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. I love you all. And uh, Max, we did double check. That is not a trailer for eighty for Brady. This is like the real. Okay, thing. this is the, the, <laughs> the yeah. old ladies and come on afterwards. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess let's start here. I mean, what do you what do you think when you think Tom Brady? If, if assuming he's really retired and not going to come back in in forty days like he did last time, and I will say this: last year I didn't buy it. This year he does sound more sincere. I still think teams are going to ask him to come back. Though. Yeah, I didn't buy it last year, and I was the first one to say it. Like the day after, I remember. They lost their play. Yeah. I was like, nope, nope, yeah. he's coming back. He's coming back. And then everybody tried to throw egg in my face. Yeah, um, that, not was you, yeah, yeah, that, that was me. That, that <laughs> was you. That was you and Twitter. Everybody no, tried to bury no, me. that was me because all of a sudden I'm yeah. thinking to myself, you're going to use your family. You're going to cite your family as the reason to w- why you're retiring and then come back. That didn't yep. sound very cool. Yeah, he did, yeah. though. That's yeah. how it turned out. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, so what do, you, what do you think this time, Max? Because that, I, that I, did seem more real to me this year. It did seem real, and you know, um, I heard I heard Jay uh, on the call when I was driving in, and I agree with him. I mean, you know, I had I had two opportunities to call games uh, that Tom was playing in. One that was riddled with controversy uh, before they played the Steelers when he went up to Robert Kraft's to New York and then called all the guys in Saturday night for a walkthrough when they had dinner plans and everything in Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, yeah. that, that was one. And then, of course, the Tampa Bay-Cleveland game when you just didn't see that extra gear and you could just see Tom's face. Um, you know, It was a lack of emotion. Normally, he's the fired-up guy. He is He's in your face. He's ready to go. And you just saw him, not to say that he was biding time like he had one foot in the parking lot, Lot, but that extra juice that you're used to seeing over the previous 22 years wasn't here in year 23. Um, and I think, you know, when the personal bleeds into the locker room, this is that result, right? And it, and it, it doesn't become fun anymore. It becomes a, a job, a duty, a task, as opposed to the game that we know and love, that we grew up playing and just wanting to be a part of, right? You, I just want to compete. And you didn't see that. You saw him trying to get through it um, versus thriving in those environments where he had done for over two decades prior. Um, so I think this one's real. I think I think he's ready. I think he's seen that. Um, yeah, teams are going to come after him because, listen, you can't go 25-9, and nine, uh, touchdown interception ratio, and have the most completions uh, in NFL history, or I'm sorry, most attempts in NFL history, and not think that the guy still has it. Like, he still has it physically. But once again, you can have all the physical tools, yeah. but if it's not right up here in the head, you're not gonna. You're, you're not gonna succeed. And I, and I think honestly, when I watch Tom Brady play, I, I think he made a lot of bad decisions. I think he threw the ball wasn't nearly as accurate as he. I, I, we saw him miss throws, and you know this to open oh, receivers yeah. that he never. Yeah. Oh would yeah, Mike, miss. Mike, Mike Evans. I mean, was the prime example oh. of that the entire Talking time? About right? the corner route. Yeah, the, cor- the <laughs> corner. That was probably route. the moment where he's like, yeah. I am. Sad. And then and then that one streak route um, against Tampa. It was one. I was watching. I'm calling. With Steve Levy, and I'm yeah. like, wow, five yeah. yards behind the guy. Yeah. 
Like, you just, no, that never happens. You never see that with Tom Brady. If he's going to pick and choose when he throws that deep ball, that deep yeah. ball is always right on time, right on money. And that corner route and then that streak route, those were the two where I was like, Dunzo. So you stand and applaud, right? I mean, that's oh, all you do absolutely. with this guy is that's, stand and applaud. Words will never do justice for what Tom Brady has meant to the NFL, what his contributions are to the NFL. Oh, great. Because nobody has ever done it that way, and it's going to take a lot of time to do it again. <laughs> Not in our lifetime. I mean, that's no. just what I think. No, right? I mean, listen, the closest, the closest iteration we're going to get is Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Like, no, as great as Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, all these great young names, Pat Mahomes is your best shot because mm-hmm. he's been to five straight AFC championship games yeah. and it's the third Super Bowl. That's as close as you're going to get. So you hope that he has held for the next 15, actually 18 years, because he's only five years in. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, he's got 18 more years to go. If he can last that long or if he wants to play that long, yeah. that's your best bet. But like I said, that's a once-in-a-generational talent that you saw in Tom Brady. Everybody that comes after him, and this is what I kind of say when I make the MJ debates with people about basketball. Oh, man, you know, Kobe Bryant and, and LeBron James. I said, they all had Michael Jordan to look up to. Mm-hmm. That's a good that point. He was the blueprint. That's what Tom, Tom Brady's now the blueprint. So everybody that comes after him is chasing what he did. They're mimicking mm-hmm. and emulating what he did mm-hmm. versus Tom Brady kind of just making his own way. It's a different type of situation um, when you're talking about those greats or those goats, so to speak. You know, people throw around the goat title very, very cavalierly, but for him, like, he's a goat. Unequivocally, Jerry Rice is a goat. Yeah. Unequivocally, Emmett Smith, a goat. Like there's goats at every position. No, sweetness is great. Well, once again, generational differences. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's because he's not. It's because about he's the from goats. Florida. That's why. That's why he's hating. Talking about the goats. Uh, yeah, Emmett wishes he picked up linebackers. Who has more rushing yards? I'm just saying. Who has you, more rushing I, yards? I, don't get me started. <laughs> Who has? Yards. Walter Payton. If I had Moose in here right now, he Moose would agree with me. Moose would agree with me. Day. He had nobody else. It was Walter Payton. Stop Walter Payton. Emmett had everybody around him. Uh, Every He wasn't the focal point of the offense. Yeah, he was. There, there was Jay Novacek. No was love in for there. Barry Sanders yes, here right. at all. We're just not even going to mention Barry Sanders in this conversation. Barry was great. I Barry mean, Barry was. literally did. He, was he, he did fantastic. what every running back wishes they could do. But also, Barry also had like a, a huge amount of tackles for loss. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. <laughs> he would take negative twenty-five going into the second quarter and then break off a seventy-five I'm yard. Michael Irvin. <laughs> uh, are you still Aitman. naming him again? The, the Chicago. He had Bears? the fridge blocking for him. At fullback yes. okay. on goal line. You know, I'm, I'm glad we went here, though. If we're going to talk about <laughs> Florida players, Max, should we talk about Jaden Rashada? You're losing players to ASU now from Florida. What's what's going on here? You're losing high end quarterback recruits that are leaving Florida to go to Arizona well, State listen, University. Listen, we, we've gotten rid of two already for various reasons as well. <laughs> we won't get into that. Uh, you got five more waiting in the wings, yeah, that's right? True. I mean, yeah, I mean, l- listen. I, so I called my best, one of my best friends, Darnell State. He's the assistant line coach down in Florida today. And I was like, "Hey, how's signing day?" He's like, "We signed everybody in early signing period." <laughs> I was like, we, we, don't, "We don't need to sign anybody right now." He's like, no "We signed wings. them all." So, so the guys we lose to ASU technically weren't the early. 
Foley guys, which is now the new one. It's a big so, deal to us. It, it, once again, I'm glad. One man's trash, another man's treasure. There you, you know? go. <laughs> Emory, hey, you're welcome, Emory Jones. It's, it's better you're welcome, not, Emory Jones. Remember <laughs> Emory Jones coming. This needs to work out a little bit better than that. I liked Emory, but Jaden Rashada needs to be a better like on the field. Well, he, hopefully Emory he's Jones. younger and he's not jaded as well. Yeah. I was trying to find the stat, and I don't think it's com- it's the stat I saw this morning, which I don't think is completely accurate, but you never know with Brady, was that his percentage of just making it to the conference championship was higher than any quarterback's completion percentage in their career. <laughs> I don't think it, that's accurate, but it's close. It's like within percentage percent. I mean, I mean but you're looking at what? He went to, what, 11 Super Bowl? Ele- was it 11 or, or 10 Super no, Bowls? Um, 10? I think 9, right? He lost to the Giants twice. No, 10. 10, because he 10, lost to the Eagles on yes, the Philly yeah. special. Yeah. So, so he's been to 10 out of 23 years. There's been 57 Super Bowls. I mean, and, and then he's been to the championship game other times and not one. 13, so, I mean... Seven Super Bowl championships and yeah. five MVPs. <laughs> Super Bowl MVPs. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would agree. I mean, because that's what... I mean, you, so you're saying he made it to the AFC Championship game over 50%, almost 60-something percent of the time. <laughs> Before these last two seasons, if you go yeah. back to the two years ago, when he was making it to the conference championship 62% of the time. That, that's accurate. That's yeah. probably accurate. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. And he's one of those guys. I'm not, I've never been the world's biggest Brady fan, but I appreciate how great he is. His... Um, his impact, you can measure even when you're not talking about him. We talk about Super Bowls to all these other great quarterbacks have won. Yeah. They're all missing like one or two they should have because Brady took all of them. Yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers has one. Drew Brees has one. Patrick Mahomes has one because Brady was winning every other yeah. game. And Pey- Peyton had to, had, had to go out to the AFC West to get his second one, and he didn't really start. <laughs> Let me just finish this, put a bow on it by saying yeah. I was so glad to see. He got emotional, but he didn't ball. I love that. I thought that was great. That, that's well why. Played. That's why he cut it short. Because well, <laughs> you, 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 you heard him well choking played. up. And he was like, Max, you know what? Didn't ball. Yeah, but he didn't if he if he went to a minute and five seconds, guaranteed it would have been waterworks. All right, just <laughs> waterworks. All right, now that another squeegee, please can be squeegeeing the camera. <laughs> yeah. Can be crossed off Go the, uh, the list. Where do the Cardinals turn now for their next head coach? We'll get Max's thoughts on that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs>